Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to 48 Hours ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. Need more true crime in your life? An Audible membership can solve that. Audible is the ultimate destination for thrilling audio entertainment. As an Audible member, you could choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog. Don't miss The Serial Killer's Apprentice by Katherine Ramsland and Tracy Allman. It follows the true story of how Houston's deadliest murder turned a kid into a killer in training. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash 48 hours or text 48 hours to 500-500. That's audible.com slash 48 hours or text 48 hours to 500-500 to try Audible free for 30 days audible.com slash 48 hours. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. James Brown and Papa Don't Take No Mess, part one. This is Casey Kasem in Hollywood on American Top 40. And number eight. If you grew up in the 70s, the 80s, or the 90s, you knew that voice. As Michael Jackson threatens to take over the top spot. Casey Kasem was everywhere, counting down the hits. Here's a tune that reached the top ten a few weeks ago. Got as high as number nine. And if that you're too young to remember that, how about this? Casey was the voice of Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. Here it comes. I love that man so much, I would have died for him. Casey and I were married here. There were 500 people here. We had our friends and family. It was the most incredible day of my life. In 2014, Casey Kasem was dying of a Parkinson's-like disease. He was about to leave behind an enormous estate worth between 80 and 100 million dollars. His family went to war over that money against each other. Gene killed my father. And when you say killed, do you mean murder? What she did led to his death. That's a lie. It's a flat-out lie. He was perhaps the most famous person ever known for counting backwards. Radio legend Casey Kasem died today at the age of 82. I ran back in the room and I picked him up in my arms and I held him so tight and I said, I have never loved anybody like I have loved you. She isolated him and tortured him. 
My dad was left to die in a facility. They chemically restrained him. They removed his hydration, his nutrition, and all proactive medical care. Not one decision was made by me. My dad was dying. And, and I looked at her and I said, Dad's not gonna be here for very long. You should get to the hospital. And she said? She, oh, she wouldn't talk to me. <laughs> That's what she did, always. If you are going to count down the American top 40 family feuds, this battle would be number one. The honor of King David. Hey, I, get I am, I am. You. What person in their right mind throws frozen meat at you, screaming you. biblical verses? To the dogs, to the dogs. There are always rabid dogs. It's so crazy and so weird. Your court ordered to be here today. They lie. They cheat. Abuse is abuse. And they think that they can get away with it. Why does she hate us so much? Shame on these children. Shame. We have been stalked, tracked, bullied. It's not, none of what she says is ever true, so. They killed my husband. They killed their father. And there you are. I'm Casey Kasem. Till then, keep your feet in the ground and keep reaching for the stars. His family says Kasem's wife, Jean, illegally moved him from a facility where the 82-year-old was receiving treatment. He's very ill. He shouldn't be moved. There's never been a Hollywood drama quite like the family feud between the second wife of Casey Kasem. I am the owner of the house and his children. She unplugged my dad from his feeding tube. Involving intrigue, money, and ultimately, his death. It was May 7, 2014, and you could say the mystery started right here. And imagine this, it was 2.30 in the morning. That move that night was to get him out of the drama and to keep him safe and secure, we had had enough. Jeannie Kasem, Casey's wife of 34 years, says she was convinced her husband's life was in danger. Jean Kasem has never fully told the story of Casey Kasem's drama. Tonight, she will. What were you thinking, Jeannie? I was thinking that it was time to protect my husband. The legendary radio host who suffers from dementia was checked out of an assisted living facility by his wife. It's a drama that really started all the way back in 1979, when Casey, then a divorced father of three, met Jeannie Thompson. She was a secretary at his agent's office. Casey fell for her. They were married exactly one year later 
at one of LA's most luxurious hotels. So where are we right now? Well, right now we're where it all began, which is where Casey and I got married. There were about 500 people here. It was an amazing day. The Reverend Jesse Jackson married the couple. It was a dream come true. Spectacular. Jeannie Thompson was 22 years younger than Casey. She grew up listening to him. I'm Casey Kasem. Now we're up to our long distance dedication. I was growing up on Guam at the time and we only had armed forces radio over there. And I heard uh, this DJ come on and he announced this record. Then I went, oh my God, who is this guy? And he went, I'm Casey Kasem. <laughs> We're gonna miss the bus. Keep your pants on. So it'll only take five minutes. She is a former actress, best known for her role on Cheers. She's uh, got a way with colors and a flair for design. and. The happy couple eventually moved into this mansion in one of the chicest L.A. neighborhoods, Bel Air, just a hop away from the famous Playboy Mansion. Welcome to the Kasem house. Back then, Kasem was on top of the world. A Mr. Countdown himself, Casey, Kasem, Casey, come on. Number seven is a favorite of anyone who's ever been in love. Here it is. And that Six. voice, that voice. He didn't think it was so good. Really? He said, I'm just the guy next door. Hardly, he had launched American Top 40. This is Casey Kasem, and we'd like to welcome you to American Top 40. Heard on more than 1,000 radio stations around the world. He made hundreds of voiceovers. Scooby-Doo, where are you? And that signature voice of Scooby-Doo's pal, Shaggy. This nightstick should do it. Casey was much more than a voice to his three kids from his first marriage, Carrie, Mike, and Julie. He was their loving father. My father imparted so much wisdom on all of us when we were children. Education, education, education. Julie Kaysen became a physician's assistant. My dad imparted us to be humble, to treat people with kindness, to love those around you. So this is the studios, and my father still has a studio here. It's changed a little bit. His oldest daughter, Carrie Kasem, helped out on his radio show. This is where he did American Top 40 and American Top 20. He would sit here, and he'd always have his water and his apple and rock candy for his voice. He had Carrie went candy. into modeling, acting, time for and broadcasting. Law. Radio personality and television host Carrie Kasem. His son Mike has a radio show in Singapore. The song from one of America's top 10 albums. Casey's children claim everything changed once their father and Jeannie became engaged. Was there an estrangement? There was. Basically, they were upset with their father and angry with their father because he married me. And they were angry with me because I married their father. Casey and Jeannie would have their own daughter, Liberty. And as his success grew, they lived a full life. Casey and Jeannie threw themselves into philanthropy. 
you realize it really is important to give something back and to help repair the world because that's got to be my legacy. I know in everything from environmental issues to animal rights to progressive politics. We believed in a lot of charity. In 2007, at the age of 75, Casey Kasem was diagnosed with a Parkinson's-like disease called Lewy body dementia. It slows them down. They can either get rigid or shaking. It may uh, sometimes affect their speech. In 2009, he gave up his beloved radio show and signed off for the last time. Now, one more time, keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars. Casey would have no financial worries with an estate valued between 80 and $100 million. But around that time, Jeannie claims, his children became focused on one thing. It was all about the money. We became the Bank of Kasem, the personal ATM machine. Around 2012, according to Jeannie, Casey was fed up and cut them off financially. Jeannie says the kids were furious, but instead of getting mad, Jeannie claims Carrie and the others did something almost unimaginable. I believe that Carrie Kasem did kill my husband, that it was a long-term premeditated plan, and he's gone. It's just lie after lie after lie without any evidence. Hear more about Casey from Jean, Carrie, and Julie on Facebook at 48 Hours. The children of legendary DJ Casey Kasem are demanding to know where is Kasem? Those adult children had put targets on our backs. Do you believe that your husband, Casey Kasem, feared his children? Yes. And feared that they could do what? What they did. Which was? Kill him. That's ridiculous. That's just, that's ridiculous. There's no more evil in this world than Gene Thompson Kasem. Let me show you something. Gene says the alleged plot started in this very room behind me on a lonely stretch of Hollywood Boulevard back in 2007. She says that Casey's children lured their disoriented father from his Bel Air mansion to this very store to sign a very important document. He was taken to a UPS store and he was asked to sign his life away while he was on medications. He had sutures in his head. He did not have his glasses on, and he was out of it. Uh, does that mean the UPS store? This video, shot by Carrie, shows Casey filling out a document that would give his children, and not Jeannie, the authority to be in charge of his future health care. It's video that Jeannie claims shows that Casey is obviously impaired. That's Casey's daughter, Julie. 5419 Suite C, you know what I mean? Put the address. And this is the document Casey signed, laying the groundwork, Jeannie claims, that would lead to medical decisions that would kill Casey. 
Starting in 2013, as Casey's health declined, there were legal squabbles. Jeannie was trying to control when and where people could see Casey, including his own children. I was in tears. I was speechless. I called my sister bawling, and I said, I just want to see Dad, and she won't let me. Jeannie also says she and her daughter Liberty became targets of a harassment campaign. Were you living in fear? Pretty much. Were you ever personally threatened by someone? It was a phone call that came in, I believe it was um, early in the morning, and it, there was a loud bang on the phone. And I, I held my ear. I said, oh my God, it sounds, what is that? And then I heard it again, and I recognized it as a gunshot. And did you report this to the police? Reported it to our lawyer. Reported a lot of the incidences to the police. Jeannie alleges someone smashed her front gate, her mail was stolen, and more. I believe that there's another surveillance van. There he is, right there. There he is. Go. It was around this time that Jeannie claims Casey's children asked police and Adult Protective Services to check up on Casey. They were called by Carrie, Julie, whomever. Los Angeles police found no evidence of abuse or neglect. Jeannie claims that the harassment continued. She points to this demonstration right outside her home. Carrie and some supporters were demanding to see Casey. After three months of no communication, we finally said enough's enough. Finally here, at a rehab facility in Santa Monica, the mysterious last days of Casey Kasem's life took a dramatic turn. Casey was very sick. He'd been in and out of hospitals for months, and there had been endless legal fights, mostly over visitation. I was thinking that it was time to protect my husband and leave the drama for all of us behind. Jeannie says she was keeping Casey at the rehab center under a fake name, but somehow his adult children found out. Then, a few days later, on May 6th, Jeannie says Carrie and Julie gained access into the facility and even got into Casey's room. She says she was terrified and furious. It was about the money. Casey no longer was of any use to them. It was all about the money. It turns out that the adult children's power of attorney for medical decisions had never taken effect. Carrie and Julie decided they needed to go to court to try to get custody of their dad. We had not seen him since February. Now this is May. But Jean was having none of it. The day she found out they were headed to court, she made a dramatic move. At 2.30 in the morning, doctors say Jeannie ordered Casey's surgically implanted nutrition tube and IV disconnected and checked him out of the rehab facility. The doctor in charge of Casey's care later wrote the following letter to police. Quote, She was informed of the risks of doing so and was told she was placing Mr. Kasem in great bodily harm or possible demise. He's saying that you could have killed him. That is not true. Casey was loaded into a black SUV 
and disappeared into the darkness. We know he's ill. Kasem's daughter doesn't know where he is. Dad once told me, don't ever go up against Jean. You don't know what she's capable of. Children of legendary DJ Casey Kasem are demanding to know where he It was May 2014 when Casey Kasem vanished. This is Casey Kasem on American Top 40 in Hollywood. That iconic voice in the world was nowhere to be heard, and his case was making big news. Casey Kasem's children have been saying that their stepmother has been isolating her. Nobody knew where my dad was. Nobody. I don't want to speak specifically. His children went on national television. We want him back. He knows that we're his children. Pleading directly to Jeannie Kasem. We've told Jean, take it all. Take everything. Keep it. Just give us our dad back. They were not only outraged that Jeannie had taken their father, but about how she had done it. Jean Kasem pulled my dad out at 2.30 in the morning out of a convalescent center, unhooked his G-tube, unhooked his IV. He was supposed to be transported with an ambulance on a certain kind of mattress. No, she threw him in the back of an SUV that she didn't even get into herself. With no pain meds, no food, no water, no nothing. And we were devastated. We knew this was the beginning of the end. But there would be no end to the family feud that had begun years earlier in that UPS store. Carrie and Julie insist they didn't trick their dad into signing that document, the one they hoped gave them control over his medical care. Gene claims that Casey has no memory of ever signing that document. Watch the tape. Put the address. Put UPS store. You'll see my dad knew what he was doing, knew what he was signing. 5419. Now, estate planning is normally done in a lawyer's office. You're at a UPS store. He was terrified that Gene would find out. Let me give you Gene's interpretation of what she told me. And this is you? Yep. And this is your father? Yes. Now, there's a circle here because he supposedly had had a medical procedure and had sutures in his head. Is that true? To my knowledge, that is falsified information. In my opinion, Gene Kasem is a liar, 100% pathological liar. 48 Hours has confirmed that Casey had a procedure, but it was a minor one. 10 days before the signing, he had a small hair transplant. Just like that story, just about everything both sides told us is in dispute. Remember, ever since Casey married Jeannie, the relationship between the children from Casey's first marriage and their stepmother has been toxic. For example, take the arguments over money. The only thing she ever wanted from my dad is money. That's it. They you, live you, and off you understand, my father. She says the same thing to me about you. But I work. Listens to the actual. I'm very proud of who I am. I'm very proud of how hard I've worked. I've been on air for 21 years. You know, working multiple jobs sometimes to pay the bills. I own my own home. My dad didn't 
buy that for me. The feud intensified after Casey's health deteriorated. She had a plan to move him out of the house and cut us all off. Starting in 2012 is when I felt that the isolation began. I'm told by my sister, hey, I can't get a hold of dad, I can't get a hold of dad. My father was isolated and we were not allowed to see him anymore. Remember that demonstration outside Casey's house? That day, Jeannie even called the cops. My dad's very ill and he loves us. Do you know why she's not allowed you guys to see him? There's many reasons, but none of them are true. The whole drama climaxed in mid-May 2014. That's when Jeannie disappeared into the night with Casey. Desperate to find her dad, Carrie made this emotional appeal on TV. If you've seen anything, please call the police, please. Days after that, the battlefield in the War of the Kasems shifted to Las Vegas. That's where a private eye working for Carrie discovered the couple. Jeannie had taken Casey to a posh resort there, but not for long. Next, she put him on a charter flight. That private jet carrying a frail Casey Kasem flew northwest from Vegas, landing in Seattle. He was brought to a place not far from where I'm standing right now, 1,100 miles from his hospital bed in Santa Monica. And you wanted to get away from the madness in Los Angeles. <laughs> we were being photographed and followed to supermarkets and tortured, just tortured. Casey ended up in a place called Silverdale, a small town in Western Washington. For the first time since those final days, we brought Jeannie back. Better now that I see you. Yes. <laughs> Shasta Bartelheim grew up with Jeannie, and they both hoped Casey would spend some quiet, peaceful days in her parents' home. Can you show me the bedroom where he was? Ab is that okay? Yes, absolutely. This is where Casey was. Um, his hospital bed was here, very comfortable. My mother has a lot of Snoopy. She's an avid Snoopy collector. So Casey was in, in his Here. hospital bed with all these Snoopies around him. Here. <laughs> and we had all of his medical supplies. Some were here, some were in another room. Was he in pain? No. No, he was not in any pain in this house, ever. Acting on a tip, Washington Adult Protective Service and Kitsap County Sheriff's deputies came by to check on Casey. Mr. Casey and his wife are here visiting. We did check on his welfare. He seems to be doing fine. He was upright. He could communicate. But Casey's stay here was about to come to an end. Carrie won a new court order. She was coming from L.A. to get Casey and take him to a hospital. And things were about to get weird. The order of King David. Very weird. To the dogs, to the dogs.
In late May 2014, Casey Kasem was counting down his days in Silverdale, Washington. In this home, tended to by a doctor, his family, and close friends. He was content. He was very happy. He smiled, shook our hands. It was just, it, it was nice. Shasta Bartelheim, a nurse's assistant, has known Casey since 1980. She helped care for him. Was he still able to converse, answer questions? Yes, he would speak. It was a whisper, kind of a, a sound. When he talked, he wasn't grimacing in any pain. On June 1st, 2014, when Carrie Kaysen, armed with a court order, came to pick up her father and take him to the hospital, Jeannie was waiting. Carrie arrives as usual with media in tow, her attorney. We pull up and then fire trucks show up, another ambulance shows up because Jean has caused a fit. As seen in this broadcast on NBC News. I saw geriatric Harley Davidson riders that were forming a line to not let me in. It's so crazy and so weird. That line of bikers was led by Shasta's brother. Casey started yelling, I don't want to go. I don't want to leave. No, no, no. He was frightened. His eyes were big. He didn't want to leave. No, he didn't want to leave. Acting on that court order, EMTs removed Casey. So show me where they took him. Down this hallway here, headed for the door. He headed out. And what was out here out in the street? The ambulance was there. There were a couple of ambulance. Terrified, Jeannie called her lawyer. I dropped the phone and I turned around to look for something and there was meat in the kitchen and I It just, was frozen I, hamburger. I grabbed the meat and I came out here and then um, I started walking this way with the meat in my hand. So. Then she took aim. I am, I am. Jean throws a piece of frozen meat at me, screaming nonsense. I am, I am. Why meat, though? Why grab meat? To me, they were treating my husband, an American treasure, Casey Kasem, like a piece of meat. Insane, crazy. You saw the real Jean Thompson Kasem. So if I may ask you, are you crazy, Jeannie? No, I'm not. Carrie dodged the meat attack, then jumped in the ambulance with her dad and sped away to a local hospital where a doctor was standing by. The first thing he said to me right when I got him in the hospital, your dad may not live very long, I'm just going to let you know. When Casey arrived here at St. Anthony's Hospital, his diagnosis was grim. He had, according to hospital records, a urinary tract infection and a stage three ulcer of his back. That's an open wound going almost to the bone. Within days, doctors would also diagnose septic shock, respiratory failure, a lung infection, and a host of other ailments. The change was so drastic, it was maddening. He was extremely thin. His face was sunken in. Shasta says Casey, who was taken out of the house that day, was nowhere near death. Oh, no, no, heavens no. 
Not at all. The next day, Jeannie tried to get Casey out of the hospital. On June 2nd, we had an emergency court hearing, and the judge ordered that he could return home. Once his personal physician spoke with the attending physician at the hospital. Just before 10 that night, Jean arrived here at the hospital, along with Shasta and her attorney. They claimed that the physician treating Casey had told them to come and pick him up. And he said his overnight observation has concluded, and he's discharged. But when she arrived, the doctor wouldn't release him, saying Casey was in pain. He wasn't in any pain. They wanted him to be in pain. Jeannie refused to leave without Casey. She started screaming. They had to call the police to get her out of the facility. And three days later... We had three doctors come in and say, this is futile. Your father's dying. His organs are shutting down. He can no longer digest food. Carrie and her siblings now faced a wrenching decision. They say they followed a doctor's recommendation to stop Casey's hydration and nutrition. I couldn't hear it. I got upset. I said, isn't there something we can do? What if we try this? What if we try that? Because I was the fighter. I wasn't going to let him go. On June 6th, the Kasem children alerted Jeannie. Julie called my lawyer and said to my lawyer that we're losing him. She should come to the hospital right away. Jeannie and Liberty rushed to the hospital, but claim they were only permitted to see Casey for a few minutes. We were given five minutes to say goodbye to a man that I was married to for 34 and a half years. He looked at me and he was scared to death. I went to the bed. I held his hand. He grabbed my arm. Did Casey say anything to you? He said that he loved me. And I told him that I loved him. Jeannie was desperate to get Casey's life support restored. My first and foremost thing was to save my husband's life. Every second counted. She flew back to California, hoping to get the court to order it. Over the next few days, there would be several motions filed. The doctors said, unfortunately, there is nothing more we can do to keep your father alive. That was the hardest thing to hear. That's our dad. On June 15th, 2014, Casey Kasem, the beloved radio icon, passed away. He was 82. We were all surrounding him on the bed with our hands on him. Every single one of us was touching him as he took his last breath. We were all there, all of us, and who was missing? His wife and Liberty. It was 100% their choice not to be there. This court order says you can visit him at any time. No one can stop you. And what Carrie is saying is that you chose not to see Casey anymore in the hospital. That's not true. 
That is not true at all. We were afraid to go to the hospital. In death, the war of the Kasims grew even more fierce. He did not die of natural causes. They planned it, and they killed him. Jean killed my father. Whether it was premeditated or whether it was just by her careless actions, if someone killed your father, wouldn't you want justice? In June 2014, Casey Kasem's death was felt across the globe. And there was one guy on the radio I used to listen to all the time who passed away today, and so we want to dedicate this song to Casey Kasem. Travel safely, my angel. And travel he would. Casey's body was taken from Silverdale to SeaTac Airport, where it was flown to Montreal. And why Montreal? He was there for a time because his burial was being obstructed. Casey's body remained in Canada on ice for weeks. As his widow, Jeannie had full control over his burial. Casey and I had spoken about this, about where he would like to be buried, and it was in Israel. But Casey's children thought that was crazy. My dad's as American as apple pie. He lived in Los Angeles for 58 years. He wanted to be buried in Los Angeles. Casey's body took flight again, this time to, of all places, Norway. Where Jeannie orchestrated a burial fit for a king. Only she and Liberty were at Casey's gravesite. But they did bring their own camera crew. Why Norway, of all places? There are concrete reasons for that. But because I'm in litigation, I can't share that with you. My dad's never been to Norway. She's not Norwegian. What is going on here? When you tell so many lies, you get caught up in them. After Casey's death, the battle between the Kasims went nuclear. Both sides in this epic family feud sued the other for wrongful death. What she did to my dad was elder abuse, straight and simple. That trip is what cost my dad his life. He could have had two or three more years. She took him from us. You wanna call it murder? You wanna say she killed him? He's dead because of her. Casey's children accused Jeannie of a pattern of neglect where she secretly moved Casey from one care center to the next. And she used the hospitals and the facilities as a babysitter so she didn't have to take care of him. I say that that's a flat out lie. I was there, I was in touch with the doctors. Jean Kasem accuses the children of hastening his death by pulling the plug on Casey. They chemically restrained him they removed his hydration, his nutrition, and all proactive medical care. It was the equivalent of leaving Casey Kasem in the desert to die. I really, really don't feel well. It's been a never-ending drama, 
even when Kerry's lawyers finally deposed Jean. She fainted, blaming the episode on medication. And besides accusing each other of killing Casey, there's that battle royale over his fortune. As seen in this 2017 Inside Edition video, the mansion has become the latest battleground. The house hasn't been taken care of. The taxes aren't paid. Uh, they've destroyed everything. They've killed everything. There's no electricity on. There's no running water. At the request of Casey's children, a court-appointed trustee attempted to remove and store some of Casey's memorabilia. How does it okay. feel to go through Casey Kasem's belongings after he was murdered? Meanwhile, the fight over Casey's assets, lawyers say, could take years. Today, you are fighting for damages and access to your father's money. I am fighting for justice. That is what I'm fighting for. My father's wife, Jean Thompson Kasem, didn't want us at the house, wouldn't pass phone calls along. Four years ago, Carrie started a foundation to help pass legislation to protect the visitation rights of children. I was doing everything I possibly could to see my dad and the law didn't help me in, in California. To date, 12 states have passed a visitation bill, including California. It passed a year after he died, but I kept fighting till I won. Despite Kerry's claims of elder abuse and negligence, the Los Angeles District Attorney declined to prosecute Jeannie Kasem, citing insufficient evidence. The police and the DA won't do a damn thing. That is why we're fighting. Take the money, take it all. I want her in jail. Just last month, 48 Hours has learned that Washington's Gig Harbor Police Department has assigned a detective to look into Casey's death. He's combing through medical records and conducting interviews. According to Jeannie, it was at her request. I've been praying to God ever since this started. While the legal wheels grind ahead, this American icon with his own star on Hollywood Boulevard is buried in an unmarked grave in Oslo, Norway. I'm gonna bring my father back to the United States of America where he belongs. I'm Casey Kasem. And just as Casey Kasem's legendary voice is certain to carry on. Till then, keep your feet in the ground and keep reaching for the stars. His family is determined to keep fighting. I'm not going to quit. I'm the daughter of a Marine. My father is right here with me right now and every single day of my life. She can never take him away from me again. The Kasem family's wrongful death suit against Jean is scheduled for court next spring. Jean has filed a counter wrongful death suit. The outcome of the case could decide who inherits Casey Kasem's fortune. Casey Kasem's radio show can still be heard in syndication around the world. Learn more about the life of Casey Kasem from his close friends at 48hours.com.
Hey, Prime members, you can listen to the 48 Hours podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Allow your imagination to be piqued by stories that are brought to life through captivating sound design, eerie soundscapes, and dynamic performances. As an Audible member, you'll be able to keep your heart rate up month after month because you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. If you're in the mood for a shocking psychological thriller, check out None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. Embrace brand new exclusive thrillers from bestselling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. That's audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. Join me, 48 Hours correspondent Erin Moriarty, on my podcast, My Life of Crime, as I take on true crime investigations like no other. This season, I'm looking into the secrets within families cutting straight to the evidence and talking to the people directly involved. Enjoy My Life of Crime on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on Wondery Plus.